Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to actually start with chapter 7, but 8, 1 through 4 is where we're going to focus our attention today. It's my objective today to bring to you good news. I don't know about you, but I'm over all the bad news. Uh, I'm tired of bad news, and I want to focus for a little while, if I can, on some good news. And so today, we're going to focus on some good news. Uh, Some commentators call Romans chapter 8 the good news chapter of the Bible. And we're going to focus on the first four uh, verses today. But my objective, again, for everyone is that it be an encouragement and good news that we can some um, understand for the first time and many of us be reminded of as well. So we're going to begin. I have to read quite a few verses, ask for your patience in that, but it's important before you can uh, understand the good news, you got to kind of get a sense for the bad news. And the bad news is in chapter seven, and then we get to Uh, chapter 8, which is the good news. So we're going to start in chapter 7, verse 18. 7, verse 18. It's on the screen, uh, and you can look on your device and follow along with me as I read. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the, the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So I find this to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man am I. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news, by the way. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Today, I want to invite us to turn the page from Romans chapter 7 to Romans chapter 8 to move from the condemnation that we find in Romans chapter 7 to the no condemnation that we can experience in Romans chapter 8. Whenever I read this passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 7 in particular, 
My mind takes me to a scene that I saw one time in a movie because it feels like that's what Paul was trying to say. It's a movie that was out in the late 70s called High Anxiety. And there's a scene in that movie where someone's getting picked up from the airport and the driver of the car that's picking him up, the person who's being picked up has a trunk similar to this at my feet. And the driver is, is attempting to move that trunk that belongs to the passenger into the car. And he reaches down and he picks it up and he goes, I got it, I got it, I ain't got it. He sets it down, he musters up his strength again and he bends down, I got it, I got it, I ain't got it. And I think that's exactly what Paul was saying, right? I got it, I got it, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. I ain't got it. I don't know about you, but describes my life most of the time. I think I can do this. I think it's gonna go this way. I think I'm gonna be what I need to be. I think I'm gonna obey. Paul was in a situation where he's, he's voicing something that feels like right to all of us. He says this phrase, wretched man am I. I can't do what I wanna do and I end up doing what I don't wanna do. I got it, I got it, I ain't got it. I love the way Eugene Peterson in the message translate this. Chapter, one, chapter eight, verse one, he says, those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. The condemnation that we feel because we ain't got it is this low-lying black cloud. It's like a storm looms and we can't get past it. This condemnation that we feel because we can't keep up all the expectations that we have for ourselves and maybe that we fear that God has for us. And so many times when I talk to some of you, what you communicate is this sense that you feel like God is angry with you or I, I feel like God's frustrated by my failures and surprised by my mistakes and he's mostly disappointed with me. It's almost like we live where like we're on death row. You know, people living on death row, they die every day. Every day is death for them. And when we live under condemnation, that's the way we live under this black cloud and this black cloud causes difficult days to even be more difficult because the foundation of our life is under condemnation. And then any other bad news that comes, it's like, I can't bear it anymore. And today I wanna tell you, we're gonna turn the page from Romans seven to Romans eight. We're gonna go from really bad news to really good news because I've got good news to share. We can turn the page from Romans seven to Romans eight we have the opportunity that we can move from the shame and condemnation of Romans 7 to the freedom and fulfillment of Romans 8. Why can we? Why are we able to turn the page? First, we're able to turn the page because God has set us free from the law of sin and death. That's what it says in verse one, in those exact words for the, um, excuse me, in verse two, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So what is the law of sin and death? Well, part of it, this word law, he uses multiple ways. One way he uses is like the Levitical law. The other way, the more common way through this passage, it's, it's like a principle. 
the force of, like we say, the law of gravity. He's calling it the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? The law of sin and death is our proclivity to sin, our, our natural tendency towards sin and our entanglement with sin. But the better clarification is to read other places where Paul talks about this. Romans 7.10, he uses this idea that we are sold under sin, a bondage imagery, and then later he uses captive to the law of sin. He uses these phrases to describe his, how deeply he's connected to sin and that he's, he's stuck in sin. And then the Bible verse says, Romans 7.10 says, the very commandment that promised life that promised life proved to be death to me. And then another verse that explains what is the law of sin and death is, is Romans 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. What's the law of sin and death? The law of sin and death is if I sin, I die. That's condemnation. And Romans 8 says, we have no condemnation because the spirit of life has set us free from this condemnation. We were a slave to sin, we've been freed. We were a prisoner to sin, we've been freed from that. So this idea of I got it, I got it, and I ain't got it. We don't have the strength to fulfill. One would think that God's remedy for this, if I don't have the strength to fulfill what he wants me to do, that God's remedy would be what? To make me stronger, right? Make me better, make me stronger. If I'm stronger, then I can say, I got it, I got it, I got it. But that's not what he does. Or maybe, maybe what he would do is teach me a different technique, a different way to carry things, to carry this burden. But that's not what he did. You know, he, he didn't give us wheels or a dolly or something to say, how do I carry it? No, 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 no. Instead of, of making us better, he condemned sin. He, he didn't make us perfect, but he treats us like we're perfect. And he didn't condemn us, he condemned the sin instead of us. God condemned the sin and when he did, he frees us from it. God set us free from sin and the condemnation that accompanies it. And that is really good news. It is good news. So yesterday I, I had to go to Publix to pick up two things. And as I was pulling in the parking lot, um, there was a, a storm coming. And you know, we Floridians, when we see storms coming, we kind of have to gauge, all right, how long is this storm gonna take before it gets here? And can I get in the store and back out of the store before the storm comes? And so I'm seeing how close I can park and getting ready to get out of the car as quickly as I can. I'm thinking, okay, where are the two things that I'm gonna get and what's my order and all that kind of stuff. And I, I grab my umbrella and I dash out the door and I get two steps into Publix and I realize I've forgotten my mask. And it's gonna take me too long to go get it. And so I look around, I don't see a mask, and I think, I'm just going for it. I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna go. And so, but I gotta tell you, I was just saying, God, please don't let me see one of our people. Because I don't want to be shamed, right? I don't want to feel guilty. There was this sense of condemnation as I'm walking through Publix. People are looking at me like, what are you doing without a mask on? And I'm trying not to look at people and maybe they won't notice. And, and I'm no eye contact. And you know that's how in many days 
That's how we walk through life if we don't experience the no condemnation, the setting free that Jesus can offer to us. We don't have to hide our face and shield our eyes because we have been set free and there is no condemnation for us. And I gotta tell you, in a day of bad news, that's really, really good news for us. We've been set free from the law of sin and death. The second reason that we can turn the page is because God has given us his spirit to accompany us. In verse four, it says, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Listen to that. The righteous requirement's gonna be not fulfilled by us, it's gonna be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. What's Paul saying? What's he, what's he getting at here? What he's saying is that instead of, instead of saying, I'm gonna make you still live up to this standard, he said, there's a different standard and I'm gonna give you the spirit who's gonna do it in you. The Holy Spirit is going to create in you or cause you to be somebody you never thought you would be. Man, have I ever seen that in our people. You have become people you never thought you would be. You didn't think you had it in you and the Holy Spirit in you is creating something in you you've never seen before. You've never been before. And Paul actually expounds on this in multiple places. What does it mean? You know, there's a shift that's happening here. He says, instead of of keeping the law, the law is gonna be fulfilled in you. And it's gonna be done by the Spirit. So what does it mean to fulfill the law? All the law was working to help us be representatives of God. What was that trying to accomplish? Jesus did accomplish. And his Spirit in us lives through us to accomplish what he wants. He's causing us to be people who love God and love people. Paul explains that. He has four or five different passages that, that give this explanation. We're gonna read a few of them. First in Romans 13, oh, this is Paul, same writer, later in the same book to the same church. Oh, oh, no one anything except to love each other for the one who loves another, listen to that term, has fulfilled the law. Next verse, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, shall not murder, shall not steal. He's just going through the list, shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. That same term, how do we fulfill the law? By loving our neighbor. And then in Galatians, by the way, Galatians chapter five, is a mirror passage, a parallel passage to Romans chapter eight that we're studying. So if you wanna get a better explanation of Romans eight, you can read chapter five of Galatians because Paul's saying the same thing to two different churches in two different letters, but around the same theme. So here's what he says in Galatians five. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit, very familiar verse to many of us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. So what is happening? The Spirit is turning our orientation from a, an orientation that is 
all focused on a vertical orientation towards God. I just gotta be right with God. I gotta do the things that God wants me to do towards him. And he's changing that orientation. You've heard me talk about this before to a horizontal orientation from an external actions um, to internal posture. He cares about where our heart is from a list of do's and don'ts to an ethic that is broader and it drives and directs us. And it's more demanding. It's less complicated. And there are no loopholes. This ethic, the Holy Spirit causing us to be people we've never been before and doing something in us. And there's this, there's this complete takeover that happens in our life when we yield ourselves to Jesus and we yield ourselves to his spirit and he, he creates in us something. He's fulfilling the law in us and that fulfillment is us loving one another and loving the people around us. For some, this good news is our opportunity to take the good news to somebody else. How could we have news that's so amazingly good and not take it to someone. Because everywhere around us, people are, are longing for better news than what they're hearing today. And we are people of good news. There's an interesting phrase that Paul uses here. He uses it uh, in, in the first uh, verse of this chapter, which is the main verse. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This phrase, in Christ Jesus, is one of Paul's favorite phrases. He uses it to describe his relationship to Christ or our relationship to Christ. It's interesting to me that we don't use that phrase today. I wish we did and maybe I'll start using it. I'm in Christ Jesus. That describes me as a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm in Christ Jesus. We often use the phrase and terminology, which obviously is okay too, that Christ Jesus is in me. Say, I've received Jesus, Christ is in me. But Paul's favorite way of saying, in fact, he, I think it's ten, used 10 times more often, he says Christ in me than he does, I mean, me in Christ, excuse me, than he does Christ in me. It's the favorite way for him to say it. It kind of gives me the mental picture of him wanting to make sure that he portrays that this is not something that is sidelined to him. This is something that is full submission to him. It's, he's all in with this. And in that setting, the Holy Spirit is fulfilling something through him. He's fulfilling the law. This, this idea, the best way I know to illustrate is like the difference between a glass of water and a spring that I would swim in. So if I, if I take a glass of water and drink a little bit of water, there's water in me. But if I dive into a spring, I'm in the water, right? You follow the difference? And that's, what, that's the favorite phrase of Paul. It's not just I drink a little water. It's not just I'm drinking a little bit. It's that I'm diving in. I am in Christ Jesus. And I know there are people today who are here and maybe some watching today and you've never become a part of what it means to be in Christ Jesus. Maybe you've thought about it, maybe you know about Jesus, but you're not in Christ Jesus. You've never come to the place in your life where you've surrendered control of your way and said, Jesus, I, I wanna follow you. I wanna be all in with you. You've not come to the place where the Holy Spirit is causing you to be somebody you never thought you'd be before fulfilling the law through you. 
And I want to let you know that today you have the opportunity to do that. It just takes a simple conversation with God, a prayer to God, saying, hey, God, I, I want to ask for your forgiveness for, for my failures, for where I've not been able to do things on my own. And I want to surrender myself to you. And I want to receive the forgiveness and the love that comes from knowing Jesus. And, and I want to follow him. I want to yield my life to Jesus. You just have a conversation with God like that. You can even just say, hey, what Danny said, me too. That's what I, that's what I want to do. And just like that, God will begin to transform you. And the Holy Spirit will invade your life and you'll be in Christ Jesus. He can change everything about you and cause you to be everything he wants you to be cause you to be one who's fulfilling the law through loving him and loving your neighbor and we want to invite everybody some of us who follow Jesus it's still reminding ourselves that we live in victory and it's good news really really good news and we can leave the past no matter what our past has been some of you you have lived under the condemnation that somebody else has said about you maybe a family member or distant relative or something somebody who who did something terrible to you maybe or somebody who hurt you along the way and they have spoken words of condemnation to you and you've been living under this black cloud of condemnation that affects everything that you see and everything that you do and I want to tell you you don't have to live under that dark cloud because of what Jesus has done for us, we can be in Christ Jesus and all of that stuff can go away. You, there is no person too far from receiving the grace of Jesus, from coming into Christ Jesus, no person too far. No matter who you are today, no matter where you've come from today, no matter what hurt or pain you have experienced, Jesus is enough for you. And he receives you, he wants you and he loves you. He wants to offer you the grace and forgiveness that he's offered to us. Those of us who have experienced, I got it, I got it, I ain't got it. We know what it's like to be forgiven. We know that what Jesus can do for us, he can do for anyone. The best news we could share with you is that we want you to know this same Jesus. When we move from chapter seven to chapter eight, we move from being condemned to sin being condemned. We move from the law of sin and death to the law of the spirit of life. We move from living in defeat to living in victory. We move from law to grace, from self to others, from flesh to spirit, from slave to child, from prisoner to free, from condemnation to celebration, from death to life. And that is really good news. In 1920, a young lady named Anna Waterman was praying for her husband to come to faith in Christ. She was a believer and she had asked a friend of hers to join her in praying for her husband. For three years, they prayed for her husband to come to faith in Christ. We don't know the details of that conversation, but. Anna wrote a poem that later became a song that described the conversation she had with her husband that day when he came to talk to her about, her, um, about Jesus. And somewhere in that conversation, he must have said to her, 
Anna, I know you and I see you. It makes sense to me that God would love you and that God would want you as a part of his family and do for you the things that he does. But Anna, I know me. His name was Charles. I know who I am. And do you really think God would forgive me? Do you really think God would change me? Do you really think God could do in me what he's done in you? And Anna, just like I would or any of you who understand what it is to know and follow Jesus Christ, just like those of us who understand what it's like to fail and fail and fail again and know that the grace and mercy of God meets us there every single time, we would echo the words of Anna to her husband that day. She said, Come ye sinner, lost and lonely. Jesus' blood can make you free. For he saved the worst among you when he saved a wretch like me. And I know, yes, I know that Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Can I tell you today? I know. Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. So today, if you're still struggling with the trunk that you can't pick up and carry and the guilt that's associated with that and the shame and the condemnation, I want to remind you, Jesus' blood can save anybody, can change anybody, and it's his work in us that causes us to be everything he wants us to be. I'm going to give you two questions for you to consider, and then we're going to sing that song that Anna wrote. First, am I experiencing the freedom provided to me through Jesus? What a shame it would be to be able to be free and not experiencing it. Number two, what is the one thing I can do to help me live in chapter 8 and not stay stuck in chapter 7? Today, I want to invite us Let's live in the victory of chapter eight. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's dive in full on to that, to that spring and let's represent Jesus well. Maybe even this week, there'll be a chance for somebody, for you to have a conversation and be able to say to someone else, hey, I know, I know Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Let's pray. God, our prayer today, first is gratitude, thankfulness. Thank you for good news that comes in Jesus. And I pray, God, help us to represent you well. I pray for those who are in our midst who are demoralized and discouraged and afraid. I pray, God, that they might be encouraged through your spirit. May they live in the reality of no condemnation, knowing that your grace and Jesus' death for us paid all of that for us. And I pray, God, may your spirit fill us to be the people you want us to be and cause us to fulfill the law in what we do in loving you and loving our neighbor. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, 
be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.